Good morning. Welcome to First Unitarian Universalist Church of Austin. We are a spiritual community dedicated to the free search for truth, meaning, and beauty. My name is Chris Jimerson. I'm Minister for Program Development here at the church, and I have with me Peter Langlois, who is our terrific lay leader today. We welcome each and every one of you here this morning. I especially also want to welcome our visitors this morning. We are so glad you're here, and we hope you'll join us for coffee and conversation in Housen Hall after this service. We come from a long tradition of seeing a spark of the divine within every person. And it's in that tradition that I invite you to turn to those around you and greet the holy among us this morning. It is also our tradition in Unitarian Universalist churches to begin our services by lighting a chalice, which is a symbol of our faith. Please join me in the words for lighting our chalice, which are printed in your order of service. Love is the spirit of this church, and service is its law. This is our great covenant to dwell together in peace, to seek the truth in love, and to help one another. Unitarian Universalism is a pluralistic faith. We draw from all the world's religions and wisdom traditions. We don't have a set of beliefs that we all have to agree to. So sometimes people ask us, well, then what holds you together? Well, I think a lot holds us together, and here at this church, we have a common purpose. It's our mission. We put it on our wall, and we say it together every Sunday. We gather in community to nourish souls, transform lives, and do justice. Let us make this earth a heaven by Tess Baumberger. Let us make this earth a heaven right here, right now. Let us create a heaven here on earth where love and truth and justice reign. Let us welcome all at our pearly gates, our freedom table, amid singing and great rejoicing. Black, white, yellow, red, and all our lovely colors. Straight, gay, transgendered, bisexual, and all the ways of loving each other's bodies. Blind, deaf, mute, healthy, sick, variously abled, young, old, fat, thin, gentle, cranky, joyous, sorrowing. Let no one feel excluded. Let no one feel alone. May hate and warfare cease to clash in causes too old and tired to name. Religion, nationalism, the false, false god of gold, deep-rooted ethnic hatreds. May these all disperse and wane. May we see each other's true selves. May we all dwell together in peace and joy and understanding. Let us make this earth a heaven. This is the time in our service where we breathe together. Breathing in, breathing out. We breathe together feeling the loving presence of all of those around us. Breathing together, we follow our breath down to a deeper place inside, that place where unending love dwells and creates that spark of the divine within each of us. 
breathe together and enter a time of silence together, remembering that the sounds of small children and human sounds are a part of the sacred silence in this church. Breathing in, breathing out, we enter that time of sacred silence together. This coming week, the Austin Lesbian, Gay, Bisexual, Transgender, and Queer Community, or LGBTQ Community, will gather for several events marking LGBTQ pride and culminating in the Pride Parade that's held every year on Saturday evening. Lots of our straight friends and loved ones will also join us in these activities. And for many years now, this church, our church, has been participating in Pride events. And for two of those recent years, we've held a big gay Sunday service to celebrate and give context to that participation. So, earlier this summer, knowing that I would be in the pulpit on this date and that it would be Big Gay Sunday, I was at our General Assembly for Unitarian Universalist meeting in New Orleans, and seeing it on display in a booth in the exhibit hall, I really just had no other choice than to buy this Big Gay Rainbow Stole so I could wear it with you today to mark the occasion. And this is a time for celebration. Yet, I can't help but feel an eerie sense of this strange juxtaposition between what happens when many souls come together at LGBTQ Pride and what we witnessed last week in Charlottesville, Virginia, and to a lesser degree in Boston and other places yesterday. Next week, people will come together for the Pride Parade where they will proclaim universal love and acceptance, the valuing of each and every one of us claiming the fullness of our own individual identity. People will celebrate inclusiveness and the forming of community. They will uphold the beauty of how our differences blended together allows each one of us to shine more brightly so that together... Together we form that famous pride rainbow that will be on display on flags everywhere. There will be beautiful colors, sometimes flamboyant outfits. There will be dancing and music and laughter and joy. We will recognize that progress has been made. Oppression can be overcome. Though we are not nearly all the way there yet, and progress has sometimes come at a heavy price, our demands for justice have been and continue to be worth it. Contrast that with what we saw with the white supremacist nationalist groups last week in Charlottesville. This so-called Unite the Right event could not have been more different than LGBTQ pride. Well, except for the guys carrying tiki torches straight out of the on-sale now rack at Pier 1 Imports. As Betty Bowers, who claims to be America's best Christian, posted on Facebook, when fascism comes to America, it will be carrying Polynesian party accessories. 
They also carried Nazi flags on the streets of an American city, waving them next to their Confederate flags, bringing together two symbols of two of the worst, most murderous episodes in recent human history. Some dressed in paramilitary gear, and many carried semi-automatic weapons, pepper spray, and other armaments. The white nationalist protesters chanted misogynistic, racist, anti-Semitic, and homophobic slogans. Blood and soil, they chanted, a phrase borrowed from Nazi Germany that idealizes a master race rising up out of white rural farm life. Jews will not replace us, they chanted. White lives matter more. F you, faggots. Only they use the actual F word that I will not say in this sanctuary. Violence broke out. And despite the claims of Mr. Trump that there was blame on all sides, the white nationalists instigated that violence. A 20-year-old man drove his car into a crowd of peaceful counter-protesters, injuring 17 people, killing Heather Heyer, who was only 32 years old. My heart breaks. I struggle with understanding. I struggle with holding these two events that occurred so close in time with one another, each seeming to take a sense of pride in such opposite directions. LGBTQ pride seeking inclusive community, while a white nationalist movement glorifies exclusion, along with religious, racial, gender, and sexual identity tribalism. A celebration of something worthwhile gained through a hard-fought movement for justice versus outrage over the perception of privilege lost because of the human rights gains of others. Solidarity and equality juxtaposed with authoritarianism and hierarchy. And the list could go on. I think... I think it's vital to note that this rise in authoritarianism and race-based nationalism is happening not just here, but throughout our world. So I think it is an existential threat to humanity and our world. Clearly, it is a threat to those of us who are among its targets. So I am feeling a need for the sense of love, acceptance, and belonging inherent in our upcoming LGBTQ Pride Week. I am feeling grateful for my Unitarian Universalist faith and for this church that I so proudly serve. Our faith was likely the first to perform a same-sex union since we did one in the late 1950s. We were among the first denominations to ordain gay ministers. Though we were a lot slower to ordain transgender ministers, we were still one of the first faiths to do so. Unitarian Universalists have long been among the most vocal supporters of LGBTQ rights and marriage equality. 
This church has been an LGBTQ welcoming congregation for several decades now, as are 95% of our congregations with at least 150 members. The Welcoming Congregations program is a Unitarian Universalist, or UU, curricula that helps our churches learn how to be welcoming and inclusive places for people who identify as LGBTQ. If you have never experienced what it feels like to be excluded from your family or a community simply because of who you are, it's hard for me to then describe what it feels like to find a community where you are welcomed and included. After feeling rejected by and never really a part of the religion of my childhood, when Wayne and I first found First UU Church of Austin, the only way I can describe what it felt like to me is it felt like coming home, only to a religious home that I had never been to before. In fact, Wayne and I used to joke that being gay at this church almost seemed to be an advantage. People would be like, oh, you're gay? That's great. You want to come on the board of trustees? I think that one of the ways that we do the work of ridding ourselves of the prejudices and sense of supremacy we have all been taught in one way or another is to do the spiritual work of expanding who it is we are able to love and to love with equality, like the Welcoming Congregations program has helped so many UUs to do. And that brings me back to the folks in the white supremacist nationalist movement. I don't think, I don't believe that responding in kind to the violence, hate, and intolerance will help us to understand or much less have any chance of persuading anyone. Nor do I think it will help us resist this harmful ideology. In fact... I think we likely need the exact opposite. We need that sense of love and compassion I was just discussing. As Reverend Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. put it, darkness cannot drive out darkness. Only light can do that. Hate cannot drive out hate. Only love can do that. Earlier this week, the founder and editor of a conservative political journal who had been an avid Trump supporter wrote an editorial in the New York Times in which he stated that given the events of the past several months, he now greatly regrets that support. I was very disappointed to read comments by progressives on the editorial in which many of them lambasted him and attacked him personally. What makes us attack even those that seem to be transforming their worldview in a way that we might be better off supporting? Well, at a recent public forum here at our church, Bruce Naylor, one of our congregation members, put forward a concept he calls the warrior brain. This has helped me to make some sense of what we've been witnessing, as well as our own temptations to respond in kind sometimes. 
Bruce theorizes that warfare had, at least at one time, as we moved from hunter-gatherer, nomadic, tribal groups into agricultural city-states, it had an evolutionary advantage because, at least for some groups, it eliminated the competition. But then warfare also shaped our brains and was passed on through successive generations. Bruce says that our warrior brains drive us toward an us versus them ideology. It focuses us on winners versus losers and loyalty versus traitors. Our warrior brain offers us no empathy for the enemy. In fact, it dehumanizes our perceived enemies. It uses deception as a tactic. It fills us with anger. It pushes us toward tribalism. It makes us most comfortable when there is an authoritarian leader and a hierarchical organization of society. Sounding familiar at all? Recently, though, I had lunch with Bruce and another of our terrific church members, Peter Roll, and we theorized that we likely would also have inherited what we are calling our Aquarius brain. Remember that old song? This is the dawning of the age of Aquarius. Sure wish that would start happening just, you know, any moment now. As the development of agriculture allowed humans to evolve into larger and larger city-states and then nations, we would have seen a survival advantage from cooperation and greater inclusion, as well as greater and greater specialization. The Aquarius brain that would have been shaped by this would have moved us toward empathy, reason, compassion, and inclusion. It would lead us to value difference rather than fear it. It would move us toward favoring more democratic organization of social groups and influence us toward loving with equality. Boy, this is starting to sound a lot like that juxtaposition I was struggling with earlier, isn't it? Now, these are very broad descriptions of the warrior and the Aquarius brains concept. So if you want to learn more, look for the Science and Religion First Sunday Seminars that will start again in October. I think, though, that these concepts can be a very helpful framework for understanding, at least in part, what we're witnessing in our country and our world. We all inherited both a warrior brain and an Aquarius brain. Some of us likely have a biological predisposition toward one or the other, and our cultural environment probably pushes us toward one or the other also. But... But it is not just the white nationalists that can fall into warrior brain. We do it too. I do it too. Here's why I think it's vital to know this. I think the stakes right now are very, very high. I don't assume to know what candidate Trump really meant by make America great again but I do know what his white supremacist nationalist followers mean because they have told us. It means going back to a time when women were to be barefoot and pregnant. It means going back to a time with any, when anyone without lily-white skin was to remain subservient or risk their very lives, a time we have unfortunately never really entirely 
left behind. It means going backwards so that Jews and Muslims become fair game to be scorned, degraded, and attacked. It means going back to a time when those of us with non-conforming sexual and or gender identities were to remain deeply hidden within our metaphorical closets at risk for our very lives. These are the stakes, folks. And I think that if we engage our warrior brains now and respond with hate toward hate, violence toward violence, then the opposing ideology will have already won because we will have already given in to it. I think we instead, I think we have to proclaim an ideology of love inclusion and equality at every opportunity we can show up to do so. So when we go to pride events this coming week, we are not only celebrating, we are also uplifting and singing out a clear message. We will not go back. We will not go back. We will not go back. My friends, I won't go back. In my lifetime, I've tasted something greater than when it started, and I will not give up the greater equality or the opportunity to be legally wed with the person who is the love of my life. And the only way I know to resist going back is to demonstrate more love in the world, to contrast and juxtapose that love with the opposite of it that is being expressed so frighteningly these days. I must find ways to shut down my warrior brain and, as Dr. King said, drive out hate with love. I must even find a way to love that young man that drove his car into a crowd of peaceful protesters, though still loudly condemning what he did and opposing the ideology that compelled him to do it with every fiber of my being. I know this won't be easy. Empathy comes hard in situations like this. I try to imagine the, the misery that must lie behind such actions. I know that it isn't possible to live a life that is happy and full with a heart filled with such malice. Maybe that is a seed from which empathy can grow. I fear that if we give up on even one person, give up on all of humanity. So we must find a way to go on loving even when it is difficult because it may be our best and only way to resist the existential threat of rising global authoritarianism and racial ethnic supremacy. We must find a way to go on loving for ourselves and for those we hold most dear. 
the alternative. The alternative is an entire society and perhaps an entire world constantly locked in warrior brain. The Buddha said, in this world, hate has never yet dispelled hate. Only love dispels hate. This is the law, ancient and inexhaustible. So, during LGBTQ Pride this coming week, may we love with a great fierceness. fierceness. May we put that love into action building and expanding communities of love, acceptance, and belonging in all of the days, weeks, months, and years that will follow. Amen. Please join me in saying our words for extinguishing the chalice. We extinguish this flame, but not the light of truth, the warmth of community, are the fire of commitment. These we hold in our hearts until we are together again. Now as you go out into our world, carry with you the love and sense of community we share in this sacred space. Carry with you a mind open to continuous revelation, a heart strong enough to break wide open, and a peace that passes all understanding. Congregation say amen and blessed be. Go with all my love. This is a production of the First Unitarian Universalist Church of Austin. For more information, go to our website at austinuu.org.